1: Hey and welcome to the 101 episode of EST the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. We are actually pastors of local established churches and we love it. We love the church. We love what we do and hey, we love helping you guys. And we get emails, text, uh Twitter messages all the time that says that the last message was helpful. You know, one of my favorite things is hearing that uh, one of our episodes was played maybe before a deacon board or a board or an executive team or something along that line, just helping them think through some of the issues that we all face, regardless of where we are. And um, as you well know, my name is Josh King. I am lead pastor of Second Baptist Church Conway, Arkansas, right in the middle of the state of Arkansas, co-hosted with uh, Micah in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my good friend and today co-host and and buddy is Sam Rayner. West Bradenton Baptist Church. What region, Sam? Do you call y'all you know, like North, South Florida?
0: No, no, we're Southwest.
1: Southwest. On, That's man. totally different. How long That's, have we been friends? Man, I don't know Florida. Florida's so unusual. <laughs> it's hard to describe the areas. And so yeah,
0: we're, we're in the Southwest. Part of the state,
1: southwest, but you're towards the northern part of the south, right? Yeah, in yeah. The middle So
0: yeah, we would be, you know, more on the northern side of the southwest part of the state. But here's the, here's the thing: like the last third of Florida mm-hmm. is swamp; nobody lives. It's there. the
1: Everglades, right? So
0: when you look at the state and you think southwest, you go all the way down to the bottom. Well, there's literally nothing there, right? So, Except
1: for on the east side, there's a lot over there, but on the west side, nothing.
0: Well, yeah, Miami built. Swamps basically, right? Uh, but that's a whole. I mean, Miami's a whole different world, I, sure. I, I, to all of you people in Miami, I love you, love you, I love Miami, love to visit. Mm-hmm. But you guys are crazy, <laughs> you fall <feel> crazy. <laughs> you, so, you, you, you just, I mean, I know we're all kind of bizarre in Florida, right? Don't you Miami people, you just, you just crazy. So, uh, I'm, I'm all learning, about you. I'm all about you.
1: Yeah, I'm learning the uh regional distinctions here in Arkansas. We are we are Central Arkansas and pretty much for Arkansas great great churches all around. Learning them, but uh, as far as commerce and retail, you've got Northwest, that's Walmart, and then you've got Central. That's uh, Little Rock Conway area and so um two different distinctions. Uh really, I'm I'm partial to the Central, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm partial to the Central. Well, you uh, should be. That's the team I play for. And so, yeah. Cool. And I don't know. uh, So um, Micah, that would be middle Tennessee. They've got the East. Oh
0: man, Micah's East Tennessee. He's East? Yeah, that's Chattanooga.
1: I'm not sure that they agree. I think that they think they're middle. Really? Nashville, yeah. Diagonal down from Nashville to Chattanooga would be middle. And then you've got East is Knoxville and West is Memphis. You know, okay. Right.
0: So we need we need all our Chattanooga peeps to, to mm-hmm. tweet us after you listen to this episode. Right. I, I'm going to go out because Mike is not here, so he can't he can't tell us the real truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that Chattanooga people, for the most part, probably consider themselves East Tennessee. And I know that's more like Knoxville. Like get that right. But mm-hmm. if you had to pick, I think I think most Chattanooga people would lean towards East and probably stay away from the the Nashville people. But really.
1: I think they lean towards. I think they are east, but would like to be middle. That's that's. I'm just gonna go out there and say uh, that's the way it is. I do not know. I'm with you. I don't know what Micah feels about that. What his church is, but I'm sure they're right. Whatever they feel. So.
0: And and you know what's hilarious is you and I absolutely know nothing about this. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing, and yet we're we're talking as if we're experts. I'm I'm pretty good at that, by the way.
1: That's what we do. We have a podcast. Uh. (laughs) We know nothing about anything, but we're going to talk about it anyway. We got a recording. So let's talk about the podcast. We get this a lot, actually, a lot of questions about podcasting. And I think we'll expand the topic just a little bit to what I'm calling the side hustle. A lot of pastors have a side hustle, right? I mean, podcasting... Uh.
0: Yeah, I would hope legal ones. Yes, legal, sure. legal side hustles. That's that's sure. what we're talking about here. We're
1: redeeming the term side hustle here. <laughs> this is it's redemption. It's gospel centered. So, the um what are some of your side hustles? I know you you've got your hands in a lot of things.
0: Yeah, um I own a publishing company um with my brothers. We do that. Um, I've done some consulting. I work with, uh, Church Answers. Actually, my dad is, uh, moving into the role of president and CEO of Church Answers. So mm-hmm. I'm working with him on that. Obviously I do some writing and some podcasting and, um, and, and so I've got a, I've got i I've got several mm-hmm. things that I'm, yeah, that I'm, I'm working on. Um, but it's something that I enjoy. It's part of my calling. Um, I feel, uh, you know, I'm almost trying to work my way back to being bivocational, where where I started. Um, I, I don't mean that in a sense of, you know, not having time for my church. That's not what I'm talking about, just just income-wise. Um, you know, trying to—because, you know, bivocational pastors are—it's part-time pay, full-time job, right? Right. That we all heroes.
1: That. I yeah, say that every time guys, we mention you, them, do, they are the heroes.
0: Man, you guys that are doing this, been doing it a while bivocationally, uh, you know, I uh, I was there for— couple of years so I, I know a little bit about it but th- for those of you who've been doing it a long time man we love you you guys are awesome um, so anyway, I'm trying to you know at least from a pay standpoint work my way back there yeah um, so yeah I've got some I've got some side hustles I'm also president of revitalized network brand new network just launched I'll do a little plug there. Um, We're out revitalizing churches, so if you're interested, you should join us. What's
1: the web address on that one?
0: RevitalizeNetwork.org. We'd love to have you join the network. We are a a, a joyful bunch, and we want our churches revitalized. No church should die. I hate to hear people talk about all that church should die. No church should die. If God can save any person, he can save Mm -hmm. any church. Right. And we're going to revitalize them. That's good work. It's
1: going to be fun. So my side hustle is this podcast. That's primarily. I've had a couple of other opportunities to do other things, and I just don't want to. I want to focus on the church primarily. And then the podcast, I like it. I enjoy it. It's something that kind of, you know, goes into my wheelhouse. I love uh, helping other pastors, I'm not a writer. I'm 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 just not, and um, I've tried before. I'm not. Um, you and you you two are. Micah is a very good writer, and so are you. And uh, Micah's side hustle he he's got a lot of the he's got a lot of books coming out all the time, and um, doing some good stuff. I love that. My other thing, I think that would be kind of side hustle, but for those of us as part of our extended faith family of Baptists, a lot of us are involved in. What we call denominational work and so i like to help uh the north american mission board currently that's what i like to help uh with church revitalization uh, same kind of line that you guys are working in we do in fact in a couple weeks i've got a gig up in st louis missouri i'm going to be doing a revive kind of training seminar that i'm a part of great team over there really appreciate working with nam and i do want to hope i hope to get involved with the arkansas baptists so you know those are kind of side hustles. They don't make any money, of course. You're not, you're not doing it to make money. You're just doing it to kind of work. And I think that that's something else that we—it's a different uh, aspect to the pastorate side hustle. A lot of them don't make money. That's not the point of making money. It's a point of working, like expanding and doing yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a good distinction. You know, some people do have some, quote-unquote, side hustles that, at least in the ministry, aren't there for an income stream. Sure. Um personally you know i have a, i have some things that i do just out of goodwill you know and i you know i would never even think about taking charging money for them yeah you know you know helping a smaller church or preaching somewhere or something like that you know I, it, it, that's not my goal but in terms of my publishing company and some of the other stuff that i do um i really don't feel like losing money so um sure no yeah that's allowed yeah but yes
1: so that's good. Uh, so what we thought we would talk about today is, uh, for our listeners, those of you who are A, either in a side hustle or B, thinking about it. And I know a lot of you are, if you're listening to podcasts. I don't know anybody that listens to podcasts that hasn't thought of launching their own or isn't currently launching their own. I kind of say both uh, Sam, Micah, and I have been around uh, ministry long enough to remember when blogging became such a big deal all of a sudden— everyone had a blog. Everyone. And I think that's waned a little bit. It's not nearly as popular anymore. There's some dominant blogs out there. Um, but now... You used to get paid to blog. Right. I remember that. I remember, um, I remember in, reading your stuff. I remember...
0: Back in 2006. I started back in 2006 with Outreach hmm. Magazine. Um, and they were very, very good to me. Had a wonderful time with Outreach Magazine. I was one of their Quote unquote founding bloggers, as strange as that sounds. Yeah. You know, I was 26 years old, just getting started, and like they paid me. Yes. Um, the, the idea of getting paid for a blog now was just, unless you have advertisements, just kind of laughable. But yeah, back in the day, man, I mean, it was, you had the possibility of getting paid to
1: blog. Right. I knew people yeah. that that was their job. I, you know, I remember having, the conver- having to repeatedly have the conversations of explaining what a web log was. <laughs> I mean, just constantly referring to those sort of things so um but now now it's a podcast i really do feel like everybody has a podcast and if they don't they're about to or they're launching one or something like that which is good the more the merrier it's fine i'm um, getting that voice out there as long as everybody kind of tempers their expectations they're not all going to run out and be rainer on leadership or carry however you say his last name i can never say it New correctly Newhoff. New um you know they're not all going to be that but uh you know, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. But there are some uh risk, some challenges, some things to avoid as pastors. So that's what we thought we would break down today. So what's your number one thing to avoid if you're a pastor working on a side hustle?
0: Yeah, I think the number one thing to avoid is sacrificing family or church over mm. whatever it is you're doing. I mean, so, you know, we can talk sp- specifics of, you know, in, you know, Individual kind of side hustles, and, and that would be a worthy conversation. But let's just take let's take a look at this from the big picture. If you are if you are somehow elevating what you're doing on the side over your primary calling in your you know of your home and, and your church, you're in dangerous waters. I mean, you, right. you you've already messed up badly. So I would say, just you know, in terms of priorities, uh, you got the side hustle's got to be a tertiary priority.
1: Yeah. Which means, you know, that may stunt its success or stunt its uh, immediate it growth. And and that's just the way it is. It's a priority. And so it, it goes down the list of priorities. And I think first and foremost, of course, this should go without saying is your personal relationship with Christ and then your leadership of your family. And that's that's the more important thing. Then um, is your church. Uh, if you are a pastor, if you are leading a church church. You have been called and put into a position that nobody else can fill, that nobody else should fill that specific purpose. That's what Christ has you doing, so that needs to be your primary function. And um, you know, so the secondary thing, or after that, I guess we're down to the fourth priority. (laughs) You might have more to stick in there, but fourth priority is going to be your podcast, your speaking career, your writing, those sort of things. Yeah, and um, and you gotta have that can get frustrating, no.
0: the the way yeah the way that you deal with this is you have you have good accountability and you Mm -hmm. seek that accountability out you know it's one of the biggest pieces of that's missing in leadership The, the number one missing ingredient in leadership today whether it be the church or any field business schools whatever is a willingness to be held accountable you know you desiring accountability anyone can have accountability forced on them Mm-hmm. But when you've got side hustles and when you're doing some of this stuff, I mean, and I'm all about it. You know, I love it. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm trying to work my way to, you know, actually paying the church back my salary. You know, I'd yeah. love to get to the point where I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. You know, so there's a lot of things that I want to do. Um, and I told them up front when I came here. Um, but if 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 it gets out of hand, um, you know, you need you need somebody – internally in the church, not, not even externally. I, I hear about people who have accountability from the outside, but you need accountability from the inside of your church yeah. to help you with this. And so I've got a personnel committee, I've got deacons, you know, and your church structure may be a little different than ours, that's fine, but whatever it is, you've got to have that accountability, whether it be an elder board or somebody who's going to keep this in check and be asking you tough questions about what you're doing on the side. So I, yeah. I have that, thankfully. Um, and it, and it, does, it does help me knowing that it's there. So I would encourage you, if you pursue this, make sure that you've got circles of accountability in your church.
1: Right. And, I'll, and I'll, I, I echo exactly what you're saying there. The accountability structure I sort of have is letting my staff. And so my staff knows that on Monday mornings for about 30 minutes, um, we record an episode or two and that's just sort of how it's built into this it works best with the scheduling it works best with you know technology having everything set up and so we know that our churches both Sachse and Second Baptist Conway have been very uh, supportive of the podcast they enjoy um, a lot of them listen I know our staff listen um so that's something that's encouraging and uh, but I don't want to be thought of as being back here in my office, you know, podcasting all the time and editing all the I'm I'm not doing that. I've kept all of that in check besides the actual recording, just because of the way our schedules line up. Um, all of the editing, loading, all that stuff that I do behind the scenes is done off hours, you know, outside of the office or in my home, those sort of things. So, you know, just want to be accountable to make sure that what I'm doing to quote unquote earn my paycheck is, is above board, is honest, is straightforward, I'm letting everybody know these are the things that I'm doing. And I think most people do consider my side hustle, other side hustles, like writing and preaching, those sort of things, as beneficial to the overall health of the pastor and the work that they do. So I think it's okay.
0: Yeah, and I'll go on a limb here and just say that um, there are some things that, some side hustles that need to be uh, prohibited from from the church. What do you um, think? Uh, no pastor Any horror stories? Yeah, no pastors should sell essential oils. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <I'm> just <laughs> that's just such a just a specific one. You're not you're not talking about any specific pyramid scheme. You just went straight for the essential oil one. That well that one, any, that's any funny pyramid
0: there. scheme. Any pyramid scheme, yeah. Um and and, 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 I,
1: and don't add us. We know that you think it's not a pyramid scheme, but We're going to go ahead and just lump it over on that side. Oh,
0: no, I'm going to get in trouble here because my wife, keeps Uh all of those essential oil salespeople in business so um, (laughs) hey i think it's
1: cool i think it's totally fine if that's what you want to do it's just not my it's not my gig so it looks like
0: alien it looks like aliens have landed in our house yeah we have these diffusers and they're smoking and they're glowing and i I don't know what's going on i mean these little spaceships you can
1: tell who the essential oil families are like you go to their home and you're getting out on the curb and you yep this is an essential oil family i mean it you, it smells it's it's a good smell i'm not saying it's anything bad it's Oh,
0: just, no no they smell great it's i'm a I'm, deal. I, yeah. I'm you know i'm just poking a little fun here right but yeah i've i've had the stuff rubbed on my feet and on my forehead and i don't mm-hmm. even know what's going on Right. I mean, Aaron, you know i don't enchanted oh yeah. she's she's all killed in, a, man she's killed she's all a about the natural sort of it's cool. healing properties it does help
1: some I, i'll take an advil and take a nap. that's that's my that's my way
0: oh no i i i have i will admit yes there is some you know there has been some help. I, mm-hmm. I just find it, I just find the products themselves kind of funny. So no
1: pyramid schemes for pastors. No you pyramid
0: know. schemes. No. no. If you're having to solicit church members, this is the point I want to make. If you're having to solicit church members for your business, it's a problem.
1: Right. It's an abusive position.
0: It, you can't do that. You can't set up a side hustle that is dependent upon your church members buying things. You right. just can't do it. That's just wrong.
1: Good, good, good point. I think that's a fantastic point. Um, and your, you know, your other buddies don't don't turn your relationships, your your professional relationships, peer to peer relationships, into into a professional thing. It doesn't work. Business with friends and family is not it. It's not a long term good thing. So I would say not do that. Now I'm not talking about like you and your brothers owning. I'm talking about selling to your brothers or selling to your 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 other good pastor friend. I don't think that's a good idea personally. Um, if
0: they want to buy books i'll be glad to sell. if you want to buy a book josh i'll
1: be glad to sell absolutely you a book. absolutely the the other i've heard of um day trading a lot of day trading they've kind of they're saying they're studying but they've got day trading going on i'm not i'm not sure that that's a good anything that distracts you this goes back to the priority I don't know that you can focus because things like day trading take so much of your um yeah i mean attention
0: I was, I was a former futures trader um mm-hmm. so you know I was in that world. Um, in a very complex world, very high in you know intensity sort of world um doing doing just that as a living. I was in business doing that before I was in ministry, and yeah day trading would be another prohibited thing, whatever it may be um futures options equities mm-hmm. it's just it 's just too much you know it's it's a, it, my world was sixteen hours a day when I was doing it, so yeah um, it, there's no way that you can be an effective pastor. And be day trading now if you're one of those super geniuses and you can write algorithms that trade for you then maybe so maybe so but i'm assuming that that's a pretty small minority of pastors that are right
1: there. and i think this goes it's it's somebody might say well you spend 30 minutes on monday mornings recording the podcast what's the difference i think that you could be honest with yourself and say well one of them's kingdom minded or geared or focused um, we at least lean towards helping the existing established church Day trading, um, you know, those sort of things. That's just that's just an income based thing. So you need to do that on your own time. Also, and this would be a good time to say this, that Sam, Mike and I do not get paid um, to do this. There is some revenue that comes in and most of it, almost all of it. I think one time we got like a $200 check or something like that. Most yeah, of we it, goes, it, we're rolling in the we're rolling oh, in the big bucks for this. Definitely, the, uh, the
0: expenses the expenses are about equal to the uh, to the revenue right,
1: right. now. Right, and I spent that money on a microphone, and I mean, we just we we pushed it back into the show. So I want everybody to be very well aware of that as you're listening, you know, and uh, you hear our, but, but our but if lovely a sponsor sponsors.
0: Did not want us to pay us six figures for you know a spot? I'd, I'd be willing to entertain. Absolutely. us if you're out there listening. I mean, you know. and
1: there's only very few things that we wouldn't sponsor for that. I mean, very. few. <laughs> <laughs> all this, all of a
0: sudden, you know, our, our um, we're our,
1: really uh, into cruise liners. Our
0: integrity starts to crumble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, six figures, yeah. Well, it's
1: of talk. course <laughs> Disney cruises brought to you by EOT. The, um, so yeah, <laughs> I, do, I mean, the. I do a
0: Disney, I do a Disney cruise for six figures. I'll, I'll, sure. I'll go out, sure. There on the lips, so, I yeah. would
1: figure it out. The okay, so here's my, uh, point of it's similar to your priority list. It's it's the platform. Be careful that you're not using your church as the platform to build um, some sort of tertiary income or some sort of um, side hustle. You don't want to stand on the shoulders of your church. And I've seen this in a number of ways. So um, I've seen preachers who they preach regularly. They have a whole branding mechanism behind them. We all know those guys. They have their own shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff. And all that's great. Well, they're selling merch in the back of the, you know, the worship center for themselves. It's going into their quote unquote ministry to which they are pulling a, a salary from. And I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I'd, I would just kind of say, you know, if you pray about it and, and the spirit does not convict you on that, who am I to convict you on that? But if you haven't thought about it, then um, I'm just saying, maybe rethink that. Don't sell yeah. things to your members, even if, if it's ministry centers.
0: if yeah. you're selling t-shirts with your face on them mm. in the back of your church, or
1: your slogan, you know yeah, those sort yeah, of things.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we got a problem here. Yeah. yeah. Now a lot of it, a lot of it has has to do with how you set it up. So I'll defend some of these guys to some degree. There's so,
1: always you know if you've set it up where
0: you've where you've got a nonprofit ministry and all the money is going into that nonprofit 501c3 and then that 501c3 is literally giving the money away. Um, then okay I mean I may not like the fact that yeah you're selling merchandise in the back of your church I'm not a big fan about that at all I would never sell my books you know in the Mm -hmm. back of the church I Mm -hmm. just, just wouldn't do it um, but if if you but that, are, but that's
1: how you that's how you become a bestseller. Like you have your church buy several boxes of it, you know.
0: Okay, yeah, I know I, you're referencing a scandal from about five six years ago with <laughs> you make like a church I'm pastors. not referencing I'm well any particular
1: what, scandal. I'm just yeah. referencing a common practice.
0: Well, uh, it's not so common anymore because I, I think the New York Times has cracked down on it. But, yeah, there's a reason some guys are New York Times bestsellers they figure out how to game the system. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with that scandal. I, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. should not speak to it over the air. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the point is its motive. Um, you know, what, what are you really trying to do? Um, y- you know, here and let me put it this way. If you were to remove the platform of your church— and your side gig as a result crumbles, you've set it up wrong. If you have to have your church for your side gig, mm-hmm. then you're you're in your you're in territory you should not be in. Your sh- your side gig should stand alone. It should right. not need your church. So you shouldn't build your platform on top of your church. Yeah. You you should build it into some degree separate. I understand there's a lot of overlap. I get that. If you're a pastor, mm-hmm. there's always gonna mm-hmm. be overlap. There's always gonna be gray areas in your life. But if all of a sudden you weren't able to be the pastor of your church anymore and everything about your side gig crumbles, you, you've done it wrongly. Yeah. Um you, you need to change your, your approach.
1: That's when the church becomes subservient to the side gig. And that's yeah. that's not good. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's
0: not good. And so it's everything I do on my own, it, it stands on its own. If right. you know I were no longer a pastor for whatever reason, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if I was no mm. longer a pastor, I could still do everything that I'm currently doing. It all stands on its own. Um, right.
1: And you know, I just want to be very careful with, you know, both my wife, Jackie, and I are very aware of this. There are things that you can say as a pastor, just because of your position, that people will do because of your position. And so I always wanted to be very aware of certain things that are, for instance, when we were doing our adoption, we would never, and there were several people that wanted to maybe host a fundraiser after church and raise funds for our adoption, or Uh, put in the bulletin that we were selling shirts and those sort of things, and we never allowed that to happen because I did not want to be, I did not want to cross a line in which people felt that I was compelling them to do something that was outside of the bounds of uh, my pastoral ministry. I'm not saying that that's evil in any way. It was just a personal line that we did not want to Um, cross. I never wanted to influence people unduly. And I'm always aware of that as a pastor. When you say things, people put more weight on them. And so I didn't want to do that. Also, you know, I'm just when it comes to things like that, like my personal decision to adopt um, or our calling or our leadership to adopt, that was something that we decided to do. And I always kind of asked myself if the if random couple in our small group wanted to adopt would we host a big fundraiser for them as well we probably would not we couldn't do that for every person so we probably wouldn't so i submit to that as well as a member of the church never wanted to come close or step over the line now some people are good at it and some people are better at balancing those things out i just didn't want to personally come too close to that line where i'm using my position and authority in a personal or a self-serving way even for a good cause So that was just a a line. And I think that's where we're kind of getting at here with platforms or, um, you know, your priorities or selling to your members. Those are things that you do not want to do. Agreed. So, um, the other thing, one I think this is my last thing. Some churches, this is something you need to be aware of. Some churches have rules in their bylaws and constitutions about side hustles. They used to call it moonlighting. Um, I don't know a technical term. All I can think of is are these sort of like um folky ways of saying it, but some <laughs> rules say You're good at folky by the way. Folky. Yeah. I've got a lot of that in me. The um you know, they say don't do that. The pastor is prohibited from earning income outside of the of the I've I've heard of that. I one preacher I knew was not allowed to do Revivals, or you know, those week-long meetings, or anything like that, or preach at other churches for pay. He was not allowed to um, accept pay. We've always kind of um, under my ministry, said if you go off and do that, and um, it's within your schedule and all that kind of stuff, you are not allowed to charge. You are allowed to uh, accept, you know, offerings. And so usually the church will just figure out a way to do that, but. Um, that's just something we do. So you want to be aware of that before you just say, well, I'm gonna do a podcast and sell ads or uh, you know, start publishing books and things. And then I know this is also a thing is ownership. Sometimes you want to be aware of how this Constitution reads and Bible laws reads. If you are working, say, on a commentary, you're publishing a book, there are some workplaces in which if you're doing that on your work time, that's expected to be the property of the church, which means the profits of that endeavor go to the church. And so that's that's just something you want to look into before you get into hot water. On Absolutely.
0: Things. So if you're going to—let's just speak to <clears throat> those who may be going to a church—you're um, going to get the bylaws. I mean, you'd be a fool to um, go to a church and not read the governing documents, whatever they are. Um, so you're going to see that. So it's either something you can you know, you either ask them to change, or maybe that's—you know, if a church had— that in their bylaws, and they were going to stand by that. Like, you can't do anything else. I'm not called to that church. You know, it's just because I have some things that I know I'm called to do.
1: Right. We're multifaceted. There's yeah. I, more I'm, points just, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm
0: just, I'm just, I'm not called to your church, period. If you're going to say, I can't, I'd like, explicitly state, I can't do these things. Okay, well that that's an easy decision for me, mm-hmm. um, just because I know myself and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm, I mean I'm just just just, You're in just me. gonna do it. I'm just yeah. So I I can't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could ask him to change it. And in terms of yeah, who owns what? There are some churches that try to set up some legal agreements of you know sermons and things like that. I have always just taken the approach personally that the sermons are the church property. Yeah. Um, and if I ever write a book on my sermons, I'll just get something in writing from the personnel committee that says it's okay for you to write a book mm-hmm. based on your sermons, and then and then and it's done. But if you want to create a formal agreement um, with your church on who owns what, I mean, there, there could be some wisdom there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, make sure that whatever you come up with, I mean... <laughs> That's a le- that's legally binding. So yep. whatever it is, you know, wh- whatever side you fall on the fence, you fall. Whether you own the property or the church owns the property, um, you, you know, uh, you just just make sure it's clear and it's yeah. what you want. Um, the other thing, you know, there, I've heard of some churches really kind of cracking down on this, mm-hmm. like, you know, almost forcefully saying you know, we own all this stuff. We own you, in essence. Mm-hmm. I-, I have a lot of red flags when the church pushes to initiate we own all this stuff mm-hmm. it, it you know which means there's some people usually a group in the church that are using it to control yeah. something. So I'd be I'd be careful, you know, with the church that, you know, wants to be overbearing in that way. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with pastor and church kind of working talking together. Talking through it, yeah. And just talking through it and say, all right, who owns what? I mean, there's some wisdom in that.
1: Yep. Just um, something you want to think about.
0: I would just work with your body that makes the decision. I wouldn't bring it to the whole church. The whole church no. does know that kind of stuff.
1: And that really brings up, like, kind of the final, the closing thought is, I think it's best if most of the church, if they just don't know like it's just not a thing it's not a huge part of your identity it's not something it's it's not like a secret and if they discover it's fine and you can talk about it it's not like somebody will come hey I saw your you got a podcast um est it's a good podcast I like that thing Uh, (laughs) yes and um I'm always like yeah we like it and it's fun and they'll usually ask me about our relationship you and I and Mike and stuff and that's it it's not like a secret it's just I don't bring it up in the sermons all the time it's not a big part of my identity it's a it's a side hustle. So let's keep it I, I to the side.
0: You, I bet you 95% of my church has no idea. I even own a publishing company or do consulting. Right. Yeah. They probably have I, I, 19 out of 20 people would probably be like, "Oh yeah, I, I had no idea he did that."
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm you're you're one of my good friends, best friends, and I don't know everything you do. <laughs> you could be in the mafia. I have no idea. Um, so shh, shh. That's- Heard it here first. I'm in the essential oil mafia. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. This is going to be like me and baseball. It's going to turn into a thing. So, uh, well, Sam, good luck on your side hustles. But most of all, we're praying for your established church as you pray for mine. We're praying for all of our listeners in your established churches. Let us know. Let us know what your side hustle is. We'd like to hear. Have a great week, and thanks again for listening.
0: You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher.
1: Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.